Hey, welcome to the Living the Dream podcast. This is your host, Timmy Douglas, and the goal of this podcast is to create a community that inspires action, accountability, celebrates progress, and helps people make the right connections to take that next step towards their dreams and goals. If you're looking for any one-on-one coaching to pinpoint your purpose and start taking steps in that direction, make sure to contact me on my website, workwithtimmydouglas.com, or on social media. On that note, let's get into the show. All right, what up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Living the Dream podcast. Today on the show, we have Tony Curl, who is a leadership coach focused on emerging and aspiring leaders. Tony, how are you doing? I'm fantastic. It's uh, another great day here in Australia, so just really excited to be joining you today and your listeners. Yeah, no, we are happy to have you, and we'd like to jump right in. So if you could start with telling us a little bit more about yourself and what yep. you'd like to do for fun, that'd be great. What I'd like to what I like to do for fun. Okay. So a little bit about me. I came out of a, you know, a 29-year leadership career in retail. And uh, over the last probably five years of that career, I I found that my enjoyment was moving from the operational so, uh, side of retail into the people development side of retail. So I was getting a lot of satisfaction out of helping others achieve their potential. And that was the the thing that was, um, you know, putting the light in my eyes and providing the spark in my role. So, so in 2013, I left the security of the salary, as I call it, and took, when it jumped into business for myself as a leadership coach, I'm a John Maxwell leadership certified coach. And I commence business. I've been doing that ever since. I've got a company called Think and Grow Business. I work with leaders. I host a podcast called the Today's Leader Podcast, where we're just focused on building tomorrow's best leaders. We really want and need better leadership in the world. And it's got to start with the, we've got to bubble that up. We've got to bubble that up from the people that are aspiring to be leaders that are emerging in their leadership and uh, we need better principles. We need better values. There's a whole gamut of stuff that I just love working with people. And ultimately, you apply what we work with and they produce better results. So it's a win-win. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I love that. And so 29 years in servant leadership, around the last five, you start to really love the people development side, jumped into business mm-hmm. for yourself. So what do you do for fun when you're not creating tomorrow's <laughs> leaders? What do I do for fun? Well, I, I've got a couple of uh, sporting teams that I'm absolutely passionate about. And um, the St. George Illawarra Dragons play in the rugby league, national rugby league competition over here in Australia. And I've been a massive supporter of the Dragons since I was a young fellow. They were my dad's team and, you know, those early memories of, driving with my dad listening to the game on the radio has just cemented a lifelong love of the of the dragons but my wife and I also run marathons so every weekend we're out pounding the pavement you know whether it's a a 5 10 20 25k um, run and uh, and I guess that's what I do for fun I enjoy my footy and I enjoy going for runs with my wife that is amazing. I love that you guys run together. Couldn't be me. 
but love that you do it. <laughs> well, well, every now and again, I do joke with her and just say, we've just found another place to yell at each other. But, you know, because when we're feeling the pain and the soreness and, and whatnot, the, the wrong comment can really spark a pretty intense reaction, as we know. And uh, so I have a little bit of fun with that. But, uh, but, yeah, mostly we just love doing it. We challenge each other and we support each other all the way. So I think that's the best bit. I love it. Well, tell us a bit more about your motivation. What gets you up and keeps you going every day? Well, the motivation for me is just to continue to build better leaders. And and the motivation for me is seeing the light come in, in someone's eyes. You know, it's it's a hard um it's hard for me to explain, but when I see people taking on board what we're talking about and and they're getting those aha moments, and you can see that something's changed and something's tweaked and they've put two and two together and got a better step forward for themselves. It's just, that's my motivation. And every day I work with people and I, I, and I get to see that it's been a good day. Now it doesn't happen all the time, but I wake up every morning hoping and wanting and purposefully working towards that. So that's what gets me going. That's uh, the motivation for what it is that I do. And, you know, I, I think every day you've got to have an intention to do something, whether it's something that's going to stretch you, challenge you, or, or ignite you. And um, and uh, and that's the goal for me each and every day, to ignite someone else, which then in turn ignites me. So a little bit of a roundabout way to to get to get that, but uh, but I love it. There we go. There we go. And let's jump into your dreams and goals now. What's your vision? for your company and your life? Well, ultimately, we want to, with, um, you know, the business is Think and Grow Business. Ultimately, within that business, we want to be seen as, as a major contributor to building tomorrow's best leaders. And we do that, as, as I mentioned, through our workshops, our coaching programs, um, our emerging leader programs. So we want to be seen as a leading light. I, I know a lot of other leadership coaches you know, put a number on how many leaders that they want to impact. Um, I don't have a specific number. I just want people when they think, think and grow business, that they think well, those guys do a great job in with emerging leaders and that they are helping build tomorrow's best leaders. So from a company perspective, uh, that reputational thing of the work that we do is the, is the driver for me, is the dream. But my wife and I also have a dream that, uh, to complete the Abbott's World Majors in marathons. And we out the very first marathon we ran was the New York Marathon. And for anyone out there wanting to run marathons, I would probably advise them not to do the New York first because the New York Marathon, while it's 26.2 miles, it's a lot of fun. You've got streets are crowded. There's music, there's bands, there's people yelling support, there's high fives, there's all this stuff happening right throughout the course. And of course, that helps you get to the finish line. The year we did it, 99.7% of the people that started finished it. And like, that's amazing when you think about it. There those 0.3 of the 52,000 that didn't finish it. Now, I think part of that is the, the fun that you have along the course. But 
the next one we did, which was the Melbourne Marathon here in Australia, the atmosphere was nowhere near that. There's no people on the streets. You might have, instead of seeing hundreds, there might be 10. And it is just a completely different um, feeling running a marathon in that respect, in that respect. So, but um, the New York ignited us, of course, and then we booked in to, to set up to do the Abbott six world majors. So we were booked to do Tokyo, which is one of them um, in March, 2020. But of course we all know what happened in March, 2020, this little thing called COVID came into our world. So unfortunately that was cancelled for the general population but this year it's back on track where we've locked in to do London in October. So that'll be two out of the way. And then next year we're looking at Chicago and Berlin, which is really exciting. And then uh, we finish it off with Tokyo and Boston the following year. So within two years from the end of this year, we'll have completed the six world majors. And, and once again, there's, there's something really specific around marathons. It's something like 1% of people in the world have completed one marathon, have ever done a marathon. So just doing a marathon, you're in elite company. But to complete the six world majors, man, that's, that's a driver for us. That's where we want to be. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I love that. Well, awesome. What, um, oh, before we move on, any other dreams or goals you want to chat about? We got be a contributor to building tomorrow's best leaders, complete the Abbott's World Majors for marathons. Mm. They're, they're, they're probably um, the two major ones. They're, I've got a, a something in the back of the, the mind, um, Tim, that, you know, at the end of the day, I don't ever see myself retiring. I, I never see myself going into retirement. I just want to keep doing what I love doing. And that's working with people and helping them get better, which along the journey helps me get better. So, so I think that, um, you know, that's a lifelong goal of never retiring. I, I, unfortunately, coming out of retail, you see a lot of people who devote their lives and careers to one company and, you know, they get to that stage where they, re- they retire. And then, you know, I, I know people within six months of that because they've lost that purpose and that alignment to themselves, which they had with, within their role, they're dead. They, they, they die. And, you know, unfortunately, I, I've seen that in too many people. So I, so I think my concept is I just want to keep helping people. So even if I officially retire, so to speak, I, I still want to be able to help people and, and feel that purpose in life. And I think that's my major driver. Yeah, absolutely. There we go. I think that is, um, I think that's really important that you point that out. The best thing to do in life, I would say for a lot of young people listening, they think it's all money, money, money. Mm. We don't have any when we're young, but it's like, Get your freedom so you can spend your time doing what you love doing. Like that's the real motivator mm. behind getting money. So if you have that freedom or you have the opportunity to do something that you love doing, why give it up? Yeah, why give it up. Uh, 100%. Awesome. Well, if there were one or two people you can meet right now, and this could be a specific person or a type of person, and they'd really help mm. you take the next step towards these dreams and goals, who would they be and how would they do I, it? I, I, during relationships are huge for for everyone you've got to learn to build relationships and be able to connect with all types of people and 
you know, too often, once again, I see people saying that's, you know, they'll talk about someone maybe being abrasive or blunt or, or what have you. But, you know, as you develop leadership skills, you can actually work with that person and, and build a relationship with them, even though they may not necessarily be your cup of tea. It's, it's, it's really relationships are incredibly important. And along my journey, I've met some amazing people. I've met John Maxwell, you know, the leadership expert. Uh, I, I've met Steve Maraboli from New York. You know, I've, I've met some amazing, Steve Baxter, who's one of the sharks over here in Australia, for example, lives in my local area and I see him quite regularly. So, so I've met some pretty amazing business and leadership orientated people. So in respect of two key people that would that helped me move forward, you know, fundamentally, both of these people sit within me. I, I, I'm still yet to think that I've met the best me. So I, I'd love to meet that person one day. I really do. Um, and then the other person I meet quite often, and that's what, what I call my inner sook. So if I'm out on a long run and all of a sudden my knee starts hurting or my calf's twinging or the ankle starts um, playing up, in my mind, the inner sook takes over and the inner sook starts saying, oh, Tony, you're hurting here and why are you doing this to yourself? So I meet the inner sook quite often. So, But it's also a person that I do have a relationship with, but I do also tell him every now and again to disappear and I'm going to finish this. And um, so I guess in terms of the people that are going to help me achieve my next step, I'm yearning to meet the best me. And that's the person I am always trying to work towards each and every day. And the other person is one that I love counteracting and that's my own inner sook. And I've just got to keep, I'll listen to it, but then obviously I'm going to say, well, no, we're going to finish this. I'm five kilometres or five miles away from the end. I can do this. And it's uh, so they're the two key people. Um, I've, I've met so many amazing people in my life and um, they've all played a role into who I am now and where I'm going. So, um, But there's no two external people that I think that I need to meet to to take me to the next level. It's now about just the continuation of building relationships that I have with people, but fundamentally to try and build those relationships within myself to make sure that I achieve what I've got inside me. I gotcha. That is the first time we have had that answer on the podcast. <laughs> I really like it. I, really yeah, like it. I, I think internally there's just, we've got, there's two types of people that we have inside us each and every day. The one that wants to cruise and take it easy and, you know, there's this this other person that probably is unrealized in so many people. There's so much potential that's buried in graveyards around the world or, you know, and that has never been realized, whether it's a song, uh, an artist or a book that's just never been written because someone couldn't meet their best self to do it. And, and I think that that's a, a really important aspect for people. You know, if you've got a dream, if you've truly got a dream, the best person that's going to help you get there is you. And you've got to meet that person that's going to drive you within yourself to, to, to achieve your results. And I think that that's incredibly important. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, what are the most important one or two things that everyday people can do mm. to help you 
accomplish your dreams, not them accomplish their dreams, but to help you accomplish. Yeah. I, the biggest thing that the biggest thing that I do is we are up at five o'clock every morning and uh, the alarm set. And I'm not going to lie. I don't, jump out of bed like the commercials like like us to believe but and every now and again the the alarm may be met with some language that may not be suitable for for the workplace but but we're out of bed at five o'clock every morning and we put on our walking gear and we'll go for a three to five k walk in the morning just to get ourselves moving and to allow us some time to think about what we've set up for the day. So we don't use the time to set up the day because usually what I've done the afternoon or the evening before is be really intentional about what it is that I want to achieve today. So that time that we walk, and it's usually 30 to 40 minutes, gives me time to just walk through what the intention for the day is. So even if it's a weekend, we're up and about, we're up early, um, and that's the number one thing that I would encourage just about everyone to do. Set your day up and then get up and get moving towards it. You know, we, one of the, the most eye-opening books I've ever read is a book from Napoleon Hill called Outwitting the Devil. And in that book, he talks about a drifter. And it's such a fascinating concept of, the drifter because you know the fundamental aim is if you can think for yourself and be really intentional you will can can become very purposeful in life and achieve things that you may not have believed that you can achieve but but most people aren't and most people will drift through life and they'll get up and they'll the day comes to them instead of they they go to the day so so i think they're the two key things be intentional about what it is that you're going to do for that particular day, even if it's a rest day, a recovery day, or a family day, be intentional about that. Be purposeful about that. Be the best you in every single way and get up early and get moving towards it. So they're the two things that anyone can do. Mm. Get up early, get going towards your day that you've already mm. set up. Yeah. Well, now we're going to jump into our thriving three. Yeah. Question is favorite book, movie, or podcast? Pick one. Yeah, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts, but um, fundamentally, I can't say I've got a favorite one because often the podcasts I'll listen to is I'll use them to challenge my way of thinking. So I'll, I'll listen to something, you know, if we're talking politics, I'll listen to something on the right, and then I'll listen to something on the left, and. And based on that, I'm trying to get a balanced viewpoint or see where my energy is going to go. But so I'll talk about the, the best book. And I brought a copy. It's called Seeing Red Cars by Laura Goodrich. And I read this in about 2011, I think, when she first put the book out. And it's, it's a book that fundamentally talks and shares the concept of you get what you focus on. So and we choose what we focus on. So if we focus on things going wrong and using that sort of language um, ultimately we end up getting what goes wrong because that's where our focus is but if we focus on what our you know the potential is or we think those positive thoughts and we focus on them it, it is um, it's amazing what we can achieve and it's a book that you can use individually it's a book you can use with your team at work it's a book that you can employ right throughout the organization and the concept is 
with the concept of seeing red cars. It's all about our reticular activating system. And you may be going to buy a car and you may have your heart set on buying a red car and you're driving around and they don't necessarily pop out. But the minute you've made the decision and you bought it, all of a sudden you see red cars everywhere because that's where your focus is. That's what you're intentional on. So it's a very simple concept for people to take on board. We ultimately get what we focus on. And it was just one of those books that changed my my thought process because you know it's easy to think negative and what goes wrong you know we were I was talking to a um, a leadership coach on my podcast just recently from the UK and he was talking about a situation where he was playing rugby union once again it may not be the most popular sport where you're from but playing rugby union and it's a cold it's a wet it's a miserable day and he's underneath the goalpost and they've put up this high ball, they've put up the kick and he's sitting there waiting to catch it. And all that's going through his mind is don't drop it, don't drop it, don't drop it. So what happens? He drops it because that's the only thing going through his mind is don't drop it, don't drop it. So of course he drops it. So we get what we focus on. It's a a life-changing book and it's called Just Seeing Red Cars and it's by Laura Goodrich and it's it's an amazing read and it will change people's lives. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I love that. Just curious, um, what are your thoughts on like somebody saying one thing but then acting another way? So like, for example, if you say, don't drop it, don't drop it, don't drop it. And then you drop it. It's like, um, okay, that makes sense. You were focusing on not dropping it. So you dropped it. But what about the person who says, I'm going to catch this and score. I'm going to catch this and score. I'm going to catch this and score. But they're saying that out of a fear of dropping. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And, and often, you know, if you don't have that belief and self-confidence of what, what it is that you're saying is going to come true ultimately yeah you still run that risk that that fear and that lack of confidence is going to overtake you but and ultimately if you're saying that you can do something that you haven't trained and prepared for you are borderline delusional and and we see this with so many leaders tim we we you know there's so much research out there that when a leader is asked to assess themselves or to do a self-assessment usually their assessments are at a very high level because they believe their own potential they believe the bs that they tell themselves but you do that same assessment um, you ask their team to assess the leader and you ask their direct leader of the leader to assess them and usually the results are much lower because we um as individuals we assess ourselves on what we believe our potential is not our results not our performance not our outcomes and one of the biggest challenges that we all face is that belief of uh, that understanding we all know what we should be doing to be better at what it is that we do the challenge is to get out there and do it so we all rate ourselves on how and what we know is going to be the right way and our, what we believe our potential is. We don't rate ourselves on our outcomes and our performance. And, and that's where that sort of comes in. If I haven't prepared to 
you know, um, to do the role or to do the job, whether it's on, on the sporting field or whether it's in business, if I haven't done my preparation and got my own self-confidence, fundamentally I'm delusional because I'm saying to people that I can do something that I've never prepared to do. And that's the biggest challenge a lot of people face. But the, the difference between knowing what the right thing to do and doing it. And there's a huge gap in most people, unfortunately. There's a gap with that, with us. With There are things that we know we should be doing. And does it always match back to what it is that we do? I, I would say that there's no human on the face of this earth that's doing that. So we have those gaps as well. But it's about acknowledging it, being aware of it, and then attempting to be conscious and intentional enough to overcome that gap. Mm. I love it. Mm. Well, awesome. What is one way you like to take care of yourself? Um, I take, I, I, I've, I love me time. I um, love just slipping the headphones on and just going, um, taking half an hour out. Um, one of the things I really enjoy doing is, as well as I, I love my podcast that I do, but I also do a music podcast. And that's um, one of the things that I do with a friend of mine in another city here in Australia. And we, it's, uh, it's called Unfiltered and Undiscovered. And we talk to bands that have, you know, released their first single and it's out there on Spotify. And um, I get excited by their energy and I get inspired by their energy and I, you know, we've spoken to people in Nashville, in Detroit, here in Australia. We've got a long list of people that we've spoken to. So, and so, I, even though that's work and it's producing an outcome that, you know, people enjoy listening to, it is it is a part of the week that I really enjoy um, enjoy leading up to because it's music. I, I love my music. Music's been part of my life since. Um, uh, I was a young fella and so to be able to sit there and talk with uh, with my mate about music and then talk and get inspired by artists who are starting that journey is just incredible there, there's a lady in Nashville called Alison Asarch and she's just one of the most inspirational people she's got an album out she's been putting stuff out on Spotify she works to to fund her um, her music career and by being a waitress in, you know, in, in, in a restaurant, but she is just so energetic. She's got the world's best smile and, you know, you just sit there and you cheer for that person to, to be successful because she know what's driving them. It's not the money. It's not the fame. It's the fact that she loves what she's doing and she's, she, she's going to get there, I, I think. And that's the type of people we speak to on that, on that podcast. So that's one way I, that I take care of myself. I get excited and inspired by listening to people starting that journey of getting some music out in the public. I love it. I love it. You know, I have a friend who wants to start a music label, so maybe I'll have to shoot him that podcast. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, we'd love to speak to him because, you know, it's not just musicians. We've talked to um, producers. We've talked to um, roadies. <laughs> we spoke with a roadie who uh, has worked in the Australian music industry for 20 years and just some of the amazing stories that he was able to share and his insights into some of our most loved bands was just phenomenal. So, 
if it's got anything to do with music, we love speaking with them. So, and as I said, you can see it energizes me. So <laughs> I just love it. Absolutely. There we go. Well, what is one action step you can take right now or continue to take if you're already doing it too? Yeah. The best so, version of yourself. So I think one of the, the biggest things that, and I'll, I'll try and keep this to one, you know, I spoke about setting your day up and, you know, getting up early. So, you know, that's a major part of my day. But I think one of the biggest things that people can do is to think for yourselves. And, you know, if you really want to shift um, where your energy goes, um, think for yourself. Don't, don't be that person that has emotions that go all over the place based on what they're seeing on the news or reading in the media you know, if something, you know, one of the little things that I do, if I read something that I'm thinking that gets my emotions, like uh, I'll get angry or, or what have you, I the first thing I normally do is to say, is that true? And then I'll go and I'll try and find the alternative view so that I can at least say, okay, well, someone's made a, you know, there's so much false stuff going out there. There's so much fake stuff. That, but people are responding to that and putting energy into that. So I think the biggest thing that I would give to everyone is to think for yourself, to ask questions. If something doesn't seem right, ask questions about where you can find the opposing view and then trying to find some balance because so many people are putting energy into things that they've got no control over. They're being manipulated by, you know, whether it's a marketing message or whether it's a media message it's time that we just said, hey, I've got a brain in my head. I can think for myself. I'm going to make the right decisions for me. And I'm going to be open-minded to understand that every now and again, a belief or a perception that I have might be wrong. But I want to go find out if I am wrong so that I'm putting my energy into the place where it needs to be. So um, too many people are drifting because they're just they're, the world is leading them as opposed to them saying, "Well, I can I I can lead my world." So so think for yourself. That's my number one tip that I would take for people. There we go. Think for yourself. Well, awesome. Mm. We have our final series of questions now, and they require a bit of pretext. So stick with me here, okay? Okay. So a lot of people have come on the podcast and they've said that the catalyst that helps people switch from having a really fixed mindset, not willing to accept help and not willing to accept change to having a growth mindset, being willing to accept help and being willing to accept change. The catalyst that helps facilitate that switch is a personal choice that happens after either inspiration or desperation. Do you agree with that? Disagree? Have anything to add or subtract? Yeah, I I would 100% agree with that because most people won't. And in my mind, there's two ways people initiate growth for themselves or a shift or a change. One is through a pain. So something's happened, whether it's a catalyst, they've lost their job, something, you know, has, has so they've lost a, a loved one, their, their partner's left them, whatever the case may be. Um, pain is one of those things that, will force people to, to um, look inside and to make some change towards that growth mindset potentially. But then the other one is, you know, just continual growth and being open to it. And I think if people are curious, Tim, in, in the world, it really helps them genuinely curious in the world. 
it really helps them continue to grow and stretch. So you want to be trying to learn something every day. So it may not necessarily be about inspiration for me that's going to continue to drive change. It's probably curiosity. So I agree with the general concept of inspiration and desperation. Um, I, I just relate to them, I guess, in, in terms of either growth or pain. So we're going to change if something devastating has happened to us and we need to change or that we've got that continual aspect that we're curious and we're looking at each day with an open mind to try and learn something new. So, yeah. I like it. I like it. I think that might have answered my next question, but I'm going to ask it anyway, just in case you have anything <laughs> you want to add. Yeah. So, given the same amount of extreme inspiration or extreme desperation, why do you think some people make the choice to change and others don't? There is, a, you know, there, there, there's once again, there's so much research around how much negative thoughts that go through our heads every day. And the most positive person has still got negative thoughts going through their head. It's just the way that they um, have the ability to shift those into something a little bit more positive or productive. So, so I think it ultimately comes down to you, the acceptance of those negative thoughts. So if you accept them and allow yourself to be playing that victim mentality role, if you see that as the story that you're telling yourself that you're a victim to the world, yeah, you're probably everything bad that's going to happen to you, you're going to get a, a, a dopamine hit potentially because you're saying, well, that's someone else's fault, that's to blame or, or whatever the case may be. Um, if you're playing that, if that's the story you're telling yourself, you're probably more likely that if something bad happens to you, you're not going to change because you see it as someone else's problem and it's not your responsibility to change. Whereas some people will say it's my responsibility. You know, a really good story is I had something really, while in my corporate career, I had something that was devastating to me happen. And, you know, I won't go into necessarily the details behind that. But ultimately, what it meant for me is that I was moving from a team that I really, really loved working with into another team because of this particular incident. So probably for two days after that decision was made, all I did was blame everyone else, just blamed everyone else and was really bitter and angry. And then probably about towards the end of the second day, I said, but hang on, what was my role in this? What was my role? What role did I play? And why did these events come out the way that they did? And it was only then that I was able to get some real opportunity for me to say, well, hang on, now I can understand why they behaved in that particular way, why they responded in that particular way. And it's because of these things that I did. And all of a sudden it shifted. And um, then it went from a, a state of, blame into uh well i've got a it was almost like it was a state of gratitude that this had happened to me because i was able to identify some behaviors that led to something that was really quite a horrible thing that 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 happened in in the context of the work environment so so i think that yeah the the first initial thing is of course we want to kick it uh, kick rocks down the street and think that it's the world's against us and everything but you know, if we keep 
blaming the world. The world just keeps returning that serve back to us all the time. So at sooner or later, we've just got to say, hey, what did I do that created that situation? What's the role that I played? And then take those positive steps towards growth yourself. And um, But I think it just comes back to that human psyche. You've either, if you're getting your kick from being the victim and playing that victim mentality role, you're going to, you're not going to change because you're getting those dopamine hits in, in your brain that that satisfies you in some way, shape or form. That's the, the shift that you've got to take. Um, you've got to start being satisfied with your actions and your, your behaviors and your steps towards the goal. So. I love it. Mm. Well, awesome. Our next question is that some people need a small amount of desperation or inspiration to change and others need a larger, more consistent amount. What do you think establishes that threshold and can it be influenced? Um, that's a really, really good question, I, I guess. And, and once again, I'm just going to relate back to the way, you know, hopefully our listeners are aware of the concept of dopamine. Dopamine's like our reward chemical in our brain. And it's ultimately what we condition ourselves to get rewarded by. And that's where we see things like addictions come into it because we're being rewarded by something and our brain keeps wanting to do things that keeps us happy. So we, you know, we, we continue to, to go down that destructive line potentially of, dis, um, of, of addiction because of those dopamine hits. But one of the things I know with dopamine is that if you're working towards something that's really purposeful in your life and you really want it to happen, every step you take on that journey, you're getting a dopamine hit. So every time you're getting closer, it's what they call the anticipatory response of dopamine. So you're getting these the anticipation, and Tony Robbins talks about this. Um, you're getting the anticipation that you're getting closer to your goal. It's like when we travel overseas or we're going on holidays, everyone keeps saying, oh, two weeks to go. It's that anticipation of something. But when we're working towards something and we're purposeful in that, every time we get closer, every time we tick something off the list, there's that release of dopamine that we get. And, and I think people that understand that can really be successful because it's always about the next step. It's always about where to next. And they just keep moving forward because they know that they're going to be recorded, uh, rewarded to it. Um, buy it from your dopamine hits. And the interesting thing is that our anticipatory response is usually greater than the response when we finally get it. So when we finally achieve what we've achieved, we're still getting a hint, but we've had more hits along the way. And then all of a sudden we, it's, you know, when we've achieved something, often we see, we feel this sense of relief, but also then we go, Oh, what's next? Because the, the anticipated hit that we were going to get from that dopamine has been sort of channeled out over the course of it. But the other thing with dopamine is that if we, we've got to be really careful how we get our hits of dopamine, because sometimes it's going to be about playing the victim. I'm the victim. Everyone should feel sorry for me. And when people respond and feel sorry for you, that's when they get that dopamine hit. So it's actually validating what, what their own thoughts are, which is ultimately not a great way for people to be. But the other thing also, and, and you know, I've seen this play out in 
with people that I've been coaching is that sometimes our dopamine hit will come from, you know, just say, I, I want to write a new book, all right? Um, I've written one book. I, it was an amazing experience and uh, one that really fulfilled so many emotions. But just say I want to write another book and I walk into my network group and, I'm, and I say, I'm going to write another book and it's about small business leadership. And everyone in that group says, that's fantastic, Tony. That's well done. Awesome. I'm sure it's going to be a great book. You're just the person to write that. All of a sudden, I'm getting all this validation and dopamine hits because of the response I'm getting. But then the question is, will that book ever be written? Because I've already got the reward from just saying I'm going to do it. So, yeah, so I, so I think fundamentally dopamine's got this really important thing that, we're, that plays in each and every one of us. It's either going to validate us for the way that we feel if we're playing the victim or it's going to support us as we drive towards something that's bigger than ourselves. And, and I guess, once again, we talk about that consciousness, that conscious choice. We get that ability to do that. We, as, a, as humans, we have the, uh, the power of conscious choice. We can shift the way that we think. It's not easy. Of course, it's not easy. But, um, but it's a power that we have, and it's a power that we should use. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Just that was a masterclass on dopamine. <laughs> Do you know anything about dopamine resets? I've heard a little bit about those. I I don't unfortunately, and um, you know, fundamentally, I, I'm not an expert on this stuff, but I do read up on it. So, and I'm curious about it because, you know, it defines it. It defines our behavior in so many ways. It's, um, you know, we've got to we've got to be careful about the rewards that we get because sometimes the rewards we get are not the rewards that we need you know so many people like tim so many people live their life you know i mentioned i'm a mad passionate dragon supporter and and i am i, I love their games i get emotional during their games but i understand also it's just a game so i'm there to support and i'm there to be passionate and uh, but it's not going to rule my life i'm not going to wear a dragon's cap everywhere I go or wear a football jersey or run a mundane sort of existence until game day. And then I change who I am. So I'm this mad, passionate dragon supporter. The dragons are part of who I am, but they're not the only thing that I've got. And we see this so often with people when it comes to sporting teams is that they've got a, a five-day Monday to Friday role that's just they go under the radar, they inhibit who they are just to play it safe. And then on a, on a Sunday or a Saturday, they're out there watching their, their football team, whoever that may be. It might be the Green Bay Packers and, you know, or the Carolina Panthers or it might be the St. George Dragons, and, and they're just a different person. And to me, I'm thinking, what a waste of five days to be who you are for one day of the week. So, so I think we've just got to be mindful of what we are rewarding ourselves on and because often what that reward can lead to is addiction if it's an easy fix. You know, when we're scrolling on social media we we're going to have so many emotions as we go through that scroll you know some will make us angry some will make us envious some will make us sad some will make us happy some will have a laugh with and there's just all these emotions but all those emotions take energy so put your energy into you and make you the best you and an authentic you so 
if you love your sporting team, that's awesome. That's part of who you are, but it's not the only thing that you are. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm right there with you. Well, we got one last question for you. And this one requires probably the most pretext. So for this question, I want you to keep in mind a person who has a fixed mindset. They're not willing to accept help and they're not willing to accept change. Yep. Yep. In Atomic Habits, James Clear talks about the four laws of changing your behavior. And the laws are make it obvious, make it attractive, make it easy, and make it satisfying. With that context in mind, and the avatar we just talked about, how can we create an environment that makes it obvious, attractive, easy, and satisfying for that avatar to make the choice mm. that will change their life? Mm. It's, it's a really, and it's a book that I haven't read, but um, fundamentally, um, that makes some sense. The only question I'd have is that nothing worthwhile in our lives is ever going to be easy. And whenever he we actually, take... He actually talked about that in the book. And he says, yeah. it's, not, it's not making it easy. It's making it more easy than the other option. Yeah. yeah. And I always think about life as being simple, you know, it, and simple is not easy. And, uh, and there's so many contexts around that in, you know, whether it's business or, or our lives. So, so I tend to agree, you know, the, the key for us is that we really have to know what it is that we want to do. And that's the number one thing, because most people don't know. And, you know, often we'll hear people say things like, well, that didn't go the way that I planned. My next question will often be, so show me your plan <laughs> or, or talk about your plan. And most of the time they don't have one. They had this high hope that something good would happen, but they didn't plan to make it happen. So I, so I think in so many ways, life is simple. Once we know what it is that we want to achieve um, and we walk through something similar in my mind is, is um, what I call the four pillars of success. We, we need to create an, an aware, um, and an intention around what it is that we want to do. We've got to then put some actions towards it. We've got to then keep it clear in front of us. And for the life of so awareness, intention, actions, and clarity by keeping it in front of us at all times. So, so to me, and it all comes back to this very simple concept of understanding clearly what it is that you want to do. So whether that's the next step in your life, whether that's the next stage, or whether it's a big picture vision, that we're working towards. If you follow, if you understand what it is that you want to do, and I think you've got to re, you've got to cement that foundation emotionally. And I always talk to people about think of yourself at a barbecue in a year's time. What is it that you want to be talking about that you've achieved in the last year? If I was to give you a leading example of a sentence and say, um, 2022 was the best year in my life because of what's that? What's the end of that sentence? But I want you to be thinking and putting yourself in the picture that it may be January 2023, where you're talking about what a great year 2022 is. So we cement ourselves emotionally to what it is that we want to achieve. And then we put together a plan that's going to help us. And we keep that plan in front of us. We all know what happens when we go grocery shopping if we don't have a list in our heads or if we go hungry and all of a sudden we're piling in all the junk food and, 
and everything and we end up spending way more than what what we should be spending so if we don't have it written down if we don't have it documented and then if we don't keep that clearly in front of us along the journey um, we're just not going to get there so understand what it is that you want it, it's um make your plan to get there put some action into that and then keep it clear keep it in front of you and um so very similar um but you know fundamentally everything great everything worthwhile it's it's an uphill battle for each and every one of us and once again we're going to make that choice am i willing to invest in the work or myself or the intention or the discipline to get where i need where i want to be and some people don't make that choice. No, I'm happy being comfortable. I'm happy being here. Or they're telling themselves they're happy to be here. Whereas everyone's got a greater purpose and we've just got to find that. So so atomic habits, I'm going to have to look that one up. I, I have heard a lot of people talk about how powerful that book is. So, Yeah, yeah. No, it's a good one. It's a good one. Well, awesome. Tony, is there anything else you want to chat about before we sign off? No, no, I'm I'm pretty comfortable, Tim, with everything that we've spoken about. And um, just to uh, do a brief shout out to the podcast. It's called Today's Leader, uh, the Today's Leader podcast, and we're hoping and that we continue to inspire and and build tomorrow's best leaders today. That's the whole concept of why I'm here. So I love doing that. I love seeing the light go on in people's eyes, and I get so much joy when I see people realizing the potential or achieving something that they never thought they could achieve. And I think that's one of the greatest things in life. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, awesome. Tony, thank you so much for coming on the show. No worries. My pleasure. Thanks, Tim. Absolutely. And if you guys are listening to this and you loved what Tony had to say, make sure to check out the podcast, rate it, share it with some friends. All of the links will be down in the show notes, how to reach Tony, how to find the podcast. As we always ask, shoot this podcast over to one to three people you know need to hear this message. Go ahead and give us a five-star review on iTunes and we're out. Guys, thanks for listening. Make sure to reach out to our guests and help them accomplish their dreams and goals if you resonated with them. If you're looking for any intentional masterminds or one-on-one coaching to accomplish your dreams and goals, make sure to check out the website, workwithtimmydouglas.com, and contact me either there or on social media. That's all I got. Have a blessed day.